0: Life Audio.
1: Coming up on Encouragement for You, Christian psychiatrist Dr. Frank Minrith discusses four levels of care for hurting people, and the late Robert Crummy talks about living with hard times.
0: Welcome to the Encouragement for You podcast, brought to you by Encouragement Communications in association with the Salem Web Network and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit LifeAudio.com. In just a moment, your host, Don Hawkins, will introduce today's episode. First, a word from our sponsors.
2: What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives—
0: For some individuals, physical and emotional needs are so severe, they demand hospitalization. But for others, counseling or even encouragement through the local church can meet those needs. In our first segment, the late Dr. Frank Minrith and host Don Hawkins explore four levels of care.
1: Now, Frank, we want to talk not only about the care that Jesus has extended for us, but about how we can care for one another. You've developed some levels of care that we want to consider.
2: Yeah, dot The first level, and this is for the Christians, is the local church. Don, God uses his local church. Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is. Exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching, yeah. so the local church hebrews ten twenty five
1: we 've uh, seen this in our own family i 've had the privilege and my wife uh, being involved in a local church, and we are to this day we believe it 's a high priority. in fact, I was teaching a class, Frank, on first Thessalonians, and uh, out of chapter one about the local church in Thessalonica. And the point that I made is, if you're not involved in a local church where you're getting fed God's Word, where you're being encouraged by God's people and you're encouraging others, then you're really missing out on a lot of what God has for you. I think the local church is absolutely critical in our day and time.
2: Another part of level one care is the Scripture. Don't think about Hebrews 4.12, for the Word of God is quick and powerful. Now, many of you have verses that you sort of cuddle up with at night. That's wonderful. When you're down, discouraged, upset, then you find your verse, and you go over and over it, and you talk to the Lord about it, you memorize it, but the scriptures, Don, are outstanding.
1: They are so important, Frank. I think of Psalm 119:105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Uh, it gives us direction. We're living in a day and time in which we urgently need God's direction. We find it in the word of God.
2: One reason why we share so many Bible verses on this program is to encourage you. We want to build you up. Don, another part of the level one caring is prayer. Uh, the factual fervent prayer of a righteous
1: man abideth much. Yes, it's so important. And again, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. We want to ask folks to pray and we pray with you and for you and count that a privilege and thank God for everyone who's committed to this level of care.
2: On uh, level four, we're going to go from one level one to level four, and we, that's the most intense. That's inpatient care. If you're depressed and suicidal, if you're, if you're using some kind of drug, alcohol, some other drug, and, and it's destroying your life, hey, you, you can get help. Christ wants to help you. If maybe uh, you're becoming manic or hearing voices or, or self-harm, any of those more severe forms that you need to go in the hospital for a week or so, and get on medication, uh, severe uh, biochemical disorders, then do it because we need you in the body of
1: Christ. Frank, there's some other levels of care between one and four that we need for folks to understand as well.
2: And I'm going to hit these real quick. Level three is residential. Sometimes, Don, people need extended stays, several weeks or months, and uh, that's what residential does. And uh, if you're interested in that, sometimes it takes time, Don, to sort of pull your ego together and rest and get your perspective back together. And that's what residential can care
1: is. And Frank, sometimes we just need to get apart and away and rest up for a while. Jesus told his disciples in Mark's gospel, the sixth chapter, come apart and rest up a while. Sometimes if you don't do that, if you don't get that kind of care, you may just come apart.
2: So. That's it. And, uh, you know, Don, we're, we're really into pastors and pastors wise and Christian workers. We want to help. Don, level two is outpatient and then, Don, Don, also on the outpatient level is counseling. Sometimes you just need someone with more experience to talk with yeah. about some issue that might be bothering you, perhaps a family issue or anger or something inside that's really tearing yeah. you up. Then that's where outpatient counseling comes in. Don, those are the level four levels of care.
1: Yeah, very important levels. And, again, Scripture talks about only the wise seek counsel. In the book of Proverbs, in the multitude of counselors, there's wisdom and there's safety. And in Wilmington, North Carolina, Eric is listening over AFR. Thanks for waiting.
3: Thank you. I uh, appreciate you taking my call.
1: Sure. How can we help?
3: Well, um, me and my wife, uh, we attend church regularly, and uh, we're both saved. Uh, thank Jesus yeah. uh, for his grace. and uh, But we, uh, we're tr- I guess we're trying to help out. We have a young uh, child, seven and a half months old, and my wife's pregnant again. Uh, I think we're real blessed in that area, but uh,
1: congratulations, family!
3: I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Well, um, what the challenge is happening right now? I guess if you go down to the to the root of it, uh, is a major anger um, issue. Uh, we're trying to help out with a younger brother that she has. He's fourteen, and um, to make a long story short, I guess her uh, family doesn't seem to be in touch with the reality as far as uh, nothing that they say they do um, lies uh, is just as good as the truth and um, you know we're really concerned with him uh, because uh, you know that's the kind of guidance he's getting from uh, from his family right now is, is uh, very confusing and he comes over here and he says things like you know he things make sense here uh, but what seems to be happening is, is the the confusion and the anger is being introduced into into our family. And, you know, it's just it's very challenging. So I'm things, just trying to yeah,
1: things go from bad to worse. And I, I'm so glad, Eric, <sighs> that you took the time to call us about this. We do care about it. Let's talk to Doctor yes, Meredith about what's happening with your wife. Okay, well,
2: Eric, I appreciate hearing from you too. And let me just start off sir. with a great little verse, so beautiful. And y'all probably know it, but it's Ephesians four verses thirty one and thirty two that all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another. It's good to, to memorize that and just talk to the Lord about it. Say, Lord, help me be that way. Please help me be that way. It says, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So you might encourage your wife to just, you know, y'all together, enjoy that. Talk to the Lord about it. Uh, another thing, Eric, is maybe rest. I bet your wife is tired. I mean, she's got seven and a half a month old and she's pregnant again and she's probably tired. If there's any way you can free her up where she gets more rest and maybe even you know, occasionally a day out, that, that might do a world of good. It might decrease the anger. And then the third point is maybe some counseling, maybe some godly ladies within the church, some mentoring that might help as well.
1: Don? Yeah, I just, uh, just want to reecho what Dr. Minrith has said. And and I think, Eric, you're in a key role here to be able to be her, her help meet, her encourager, her, her leader. And First uh, Peter 3, 7 gives us the instructions that husbands are to practice for wives. It says that, first of all, we're to dwell with them according to knowledge. We're to be a student of our wives. That means getting to know them, getting to know what sort of things are pushing her buttons or beginning to, to get her in a bad way. And, and even shielding her and protecting her, taking her out of volatile situations. And also uh, being able to listen to her, uh, somebody who does that. And and uh, so uh, dwell uh, together uh, with your wife according to knowledge, giving honor to her. As the scripture in the old King James said, the weaker vessel. I think the word more finely tuned is a better way to indicate the personality of a woman. And I think it's a lot like, and my wife uses this in women's conferences that she does. She says it's the difference between an old Ford pickup truck and a Porsche Carrera. If you understand the difference, you wouldn't treat that Porsche like you'd treat that old pickup truck. And and we men emotionally are more like the pickup truck and our wives are more like the uh, sports car. So you need to treat her very delicately. And then the third thing is to be heirs together of the grace of life, to celebrate life together, to make sure that you are providing some fun opportunities, some enjoyable pleasurable opportunities and activities in her life, things that are, that are meaningful to her. And then the fourth thing is to be the spiritual leader, that your prayers not be hindered. You take that verse, memorize that verse, 1 Peter 3, 7. It'll give you a lot of direction, Eric. We yeah. want to pray with you right now. I'm going to ask Dr. Minrith to lead us in prayer on behalf of you and your wife.
2: Father, just so good to hear from Eric, and Lord, just a godly young husband. And Lord, you've heard his prayer, and Lord, it's a sensible prayer, and we just echo it with him. Lord, please let it come true, and we ask it in Christ's name.
0: We'll be back with more after a brief word from our sponsors. And don't forget to listen for Dawn's live weekend talk show, Encouragement Live, Heard Saturdays at 7.05 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio and other radio stations around the country, as well as on the theworshipchannel.org.
2: What impacts you every day?
0: The late Robert Crummy became friends with Encouragement for You host Don Hawkins, while Robert served as president of Carver Bible College, and Don was president of Southeastern Bible College. In this segment, Robert, who lost his wife to cancer, and Don talk about living with hard times.
1: Why do we have hard times? It looks like if we're Christians, if we want to serve the Lord, that the Lord could just sort of make life easy. And, and there's some people that feel like if you're really walking with the Lord, he's going to make life easy. You'll be uh, healthy and wealthy and never have any problems, never suffer any uh, losses or deaths in your family, never go through any serious illnesses, uh, never have financial reverses, never lose a job, never get laid off. But it doesn't work that way, does it?
4: Yeah, it does not. And, you know, Don, I think we have them. For a number of reasons, but one that um, surfaces to the top um, for me is is to cause us to conform more into the image of Christ. You know, nothing like hard times um, will um, hmm. test us and mold us and shape us. Yeah. Um, I'm not, um, you know, wishing hard times on anyone, but I know that um, they serve a purpose. Um, my prayer life would not be as meaningful or consistent um, had not it been or be for hard times. Yeah,
1: and, and you can speak to this firsthand because you lost your wife to cancer. You, you've you been there. This is not a, an academic subject for Robert Crummy.
4: No, it was a very difficult time for me. That was a very hard time and a time that I had to um, simply rely on my faith to, to trust that God made the right decision regarding my wife.
1: And, you know, those are difficult times. I think about to what you just talked about in terms of being conformed to Christ. Uh, A number of years ago, I wrote a book called uh, When Cancer Comes, Moody Press published it. And in it, I tell the story of a man that uh, I'd gotten to know, Kathy and I had gotten to know him and his wife very well. Uh, His name was Casey, and his wife was dying of cancer. And uh, they went through just a long, agonizing process, and after she died... He was telling me his story, and I included his story in the book. And basically what he said was, I learned how to be a man of God through the loss of my wife. And you know, none of us wants to think about losing a loved one, but certainly God can use it to conform us to Christ. I believe that. No question. I think another reason it comes to my mind, Robert, why we have hard times is we live in a fallen world. And uh, living in a fallen world, we're affected by the fallout from sin. Uh, you know, we, we used to have uh, bomb scares and bomb threats in this country. People were afraid that uh, the Russians or somebody would drop an atomic bomb or a nuclear bomb on us. And uh, the big concern was fallout. And, and I believe that this entire planet has been infected by something a lot worse than a nuclear explosion, and that is the pollution of sin. Scripture tells us in Romans 5.12 that sin entered the world by one man and death by sin and death passed on all people because all have sinned. And so every single one of us is affected by the consequences of sin and death. And uh, what that means is there are times that you may be doing everything right. You may be uh, behaving yourself and and a drunk driver may hit you and cause serious injury or the company that you work for may go bankrupt and you may get laid off, uh, or some other kind of, of major uh, disaster can happen like that in our lives. Uh, living in a fallen world, talk about
4: that, Robert. Well, you know, it's it's a thread all the way through um, the Bible that, you know, this fallen world um, it, it engages us in what, you know, the scholars call, Um, spiritual warfare. Ephesians 6.12 puts it this way, says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And Don, I believe that spiritual warfare is alive and well and the enemy. He's on a mission to undo God's glory Mm -hmm. in the life of believers. And this is Um, language that is close contact. It is language that clearly explains that there is an enemy force that is trying to bring about hard times to discourage the believer, um, to cause us to turn our hearts away from trusting in the Lord. And if he's successful at undoing God's glory, I heard one one good friend of mine, Dr. Tony Evans, who's also a Carver grad, by the way, Good point, yeah. Um, preach on this text and, and argue that um, um, if, if, if Satan's successful at this, that might be his only last attempt to try to try to save his own hand and pre- prevent his own eternal damnation.
1: Yeah, and some of you have been dealing with some of those kinds of things in your lives and struggling with that. There is a piece of good news in the last part of the book of Romans, and it's really one of my favorite statements in Scripture he says, "And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly." That a tremendous promise, isn't that? That's just, a good word. Don. That is tremendous, tremendous promise from the Word of God. That ultimately the victory is ours does not mean there will not be major conflicts uh, coming our way. Robert, we would be remiss if we didn't comment on another aspect of suffering. Sometimes, according to First Peter chapter four. Uh, as Peter puts it in the old king james we 're buffeted because of our own faults. sometimes uh, we do things that get us into trouble and bring consequences into our lives
4: that's true Don. you know we're, we're we are ourselves um, you know um, fallen creatures and, and and we have the capacity to sin yeah. and um, sometimes we do make bad choices and yeah the wrong decisions, and as a result, find ourselves yeah. in hard times. The
1: book of Hebrews tells us we have the capacity to obey God. 1 John indicates the same thing. We can please God and serve God. We don't have to succumb to sin. But 1 John also, and, and James, uh, which says in many things we all offend, uh, those passages tell us that there are a lot of times that we will foul up, we will mess up, we will uh, find ourselves facing consequences. And friend, if that's happened, God's grace and mercy and forgiveness is there and available. You don't have to be uh, stuck in a rut of sin. God can give you victory where there hasn't been victory. He can give you uh, peace and forgiveness and restore you as he did with King David. David was a man, ultimately, who was labeled a man after God's own heart, even though there was major sin in his life because David did the right thing to deal with it. What are some basic principles that uh, have stood you in good stead for handling hard times?
4: I immediately think of prayer. Mm, Um, You know, I just know that hard times, you know, again, drive me to my knees to make sure that I got clear communication with God, that I'm not harboring any unconfessed sin in my life, Mm -hmm. in my heart, and that the um, channel of communication between God and I um, is clear. The Bible says it. The Lord hears the fervent prayer of a righteous man. I think of 1 John 1, 9, which says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I want to make sure that I'm in good fellowship with God all the times, but particularly during hard times.
1: You know, Robert, I think you've just uh, identified something very important. When hard times come, it isn't always because we've done something wrong. But that is a good place to just examine and do a little spiritual evaluation and check up and say, I'm going through hard times. Lord, is there something in my life that you're trying to get across to me that you want me to deal with, something you want me to turn turn away from? Uh, is there some something in my life that you want me to learn uh, through this and, and to just open our hearts up to the Lord? And, and I found that a great way to do that is is uh, through the resource of his word, which is probably number two on your list as well. Uh, the word of God gives us direction. It gives us hope. Gives us encouragement. Romans fifteen four says, "Whatever things were written before time were written for our knowledge, for our insight that we, through uh, patience or steadfastness and encouragement of the Scriptures, might have hope." And when things seem hopeless, it's the word of God that can restore that hope. Is it not?
4: That's that's a good word. Don. You know, I also think of just the need to um, to to take advantage of that window of opportunity to be a witness. Um, Because sometimes, you know, during hard times, Don, we can really testify to God's ability to keep us and um, to um, show himself strong on our behalf. And then I have the same response as people who does not have the source of the Holy Spirit as a strength to draw upon. Um, I think of Paul's encouragement to Timothy and, Second Timothy chapter 4, where he said, Timothy, endure hardship. It was the language of expectancy. It wasn't a matter of will hardship come. It was a matter of, Timothy, what you were to do when hardship come. And so I think that, you know, when it comes, we have an opportunity to be a witness. And, I, and Don, you know, something I've learned, and no matter what type of hardship that comes our way, we've got to remember that it's not in the same ballpark as what Jesus himself went through. Yeah. First Peter is a great
1: book that talks about that. Robert, as we think about the Word of God, uh, Peter wrote to some people going through hard times. Uh, they were dealing with the very same kinds of things. In fact, um, you know, he he addressed the issue of suffering, and, and he essentially said Christ set an example because he suffered without complaining. He suffered without griping. He suffered. Uh, he committed his soul to the ultimately to God the Father and he talks about us following in his example in his footsteps he had no guile and no deceit in his life and um, what a great example we could never suffer the way he did but he does call on us and give us the privilege of suffering you know i just taught to first and second thessalonians one of the things that second thessalonians bears out in particular is that suffering is an indication of god's favor in that God essentially looks at us and counts us worthy to suffer.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Encouragement for You with Don Hawkins, host of Encouragement Live Radio and author of over 25 books, including Never Give Up and Master Discipleship Today. You can find more about Don and his books at encouragementlive.org. Encouragement for You is a production of Encouragement Communications with the Salem Web Network and LifeAudio.com Editing by Phil Gebers Production by Elizabeth Andrade If you enjoyed what you heard today we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review It really does help people find us
1: Let me take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on Encouragement for You If you go to LifeAudio.com you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more.
0: Stay encouraged and join us next time for encouragement for you.
1: What do you do when the world around you is falling apart?